I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Kiwi Farms, a controversial internet forum known for enabling harassment, has finally been wiped out of existence. This space grew as an internet cult imbibed with hatred, intolerance, and prejudice that targeted any person whom they perceived as their enemy. But a week back, in a big win for the Drop Kiwi Farms campaign, internet services company Cloudfair withdrew their support to Kiwi Farms. The background of Kiwi Farms is similar to horror stories that we most often hear while surfing our way into the dark web. The Guardian has dubbed it as the worst place on the internet. It was founded in 2013 by Josh Moon, a former administrator of 8chan, a forum which was also dropped by Cloudflare for sheltering QAnon extremists. Currently, there are at least three known instances where the Kiwi Farms users could be linked to online harassment, which led to suicides. Most of their targets were women and members of the LGBTQ+ community. And the latest victim of Kiwi Farms has been a Twitch streamer, Clara Sorrenti, aka Kefels, a trans right activist who had heavily criticized the U.S. government for their anti-transgender legislations. The nature of activism caught the attention of the Kiwi Farms community, who subjected her to extreme online harassment, which included well-coordinated takedown requests to her Twitch account. Doxing her, threatening her friends and family, it almost pushed her to the brink of suicide. But her traumatic experience with the website became the basis for the Drop Kiwi Farms campaign, which gained support from several organizations and social media influencers. While Cloudflare had initially refused to take action on the troll forum, with Matthew Prince, the CEO of the company, defending his actions by quoting himself as a free speech absolutist, it finally decided to pull the plug. Price said that the decision was taken due to the surge in violent threats emanating from the website, which led to real-world consequences threatening human life. He also hinted that this ban could become a Frankenstein's monster that would like to hit back with the help of Cloudflare's competitors. In between Sorrenti rejoicing and Prince's warning, this could be a moment of respite for all the internet dwellers who are a target or a potential target for Kiwi Farms. These events have also put the limelight on the necessity to make cyberspace safe. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan, and this is the deep dive for September 14, 2022. Eight African cheetahs are coming to India from Namibia by the end of this week. As a part of the center's plan to reintroduce the animal in the country, 75 years after it went extinct and in the 75th year of India's independence, the last known Asiatic cheetahs of the country were shot and killed by Maharaja Ramanuj Pratap Singh Dio in Madhya Pradesh. And now, Environment Minister Bhupendra Yadav wants to introduce their African counterpart in the same state at the Kuno National Park. If you look at it from the surface, Project Cheetah sounds grand on paper. India, which is home to the Royal Bengal Tiger, the Asiatic Lion, the Indian Leopard, the Snow Leopard, and the Indo-Chinese Clouded Leopard, will now bring back a subspecies of the Asiatic Cheetah, the only big cat to have gone extinct here. But conservationists have their doubts and perhaps some legitimate ones. We'll talk about them in a bit. 
So, this plan has been in the books for more than two decades. But why does India want cheetahs so badly in the first place? Well, it has to do with royalty and their obsession for cheetahs. How, you might ask? Our guest in today's episode, Roshni Nair, staff writer at The Signal, who's written extensively about Project Cheetah, shares some interesting facts about the inception of this project. So, the man at the forefront of India's cheetah program is a man who's been trying to get the African cheetah to India for many, many years, in fact, decades, uh, ever since the 1970s. His name is um, M.K. Ranjit Singh Jhala, and he was India's first ever wildlife director. He was um, the man who drafted a Wildlife Protection Act, and um, he's one of the most eminent and respected conservationists in India. What not as many people know is that he also hails from a royal family. And the reason this matters is that uh, a lot of the royal families in India used to tame the Indian or the Asiatic cheetah when it was there or it existed back then. And they used to use these quote-unquote pet cheetahs to hunt sport and hunt animals for meat. So, the reason this matters is that uh, Mr. Jhala and his two other royal relatives um, were part of something called the Cheetah Task Force, which was instrumental and played a very critical role in convincing government and convincing our judiciary as well that we need to have the cheetah brought to India because it is so important Well, you can argue that it's actually a royal hangover. But now that the project has been put to motion, there are some serious concerns. First and foremost, will the African be able to survive here at all? And secondly, should we really spend resources on them when so many indigenous species need our attention? And there are several doubts about the choice of location itself. The 748-square-kilometer Kuno National Park was chosen for the reintroduction project, citing that it has grasslands and scrub forests with enough prey base, making it a typical Asiatic cheetah habitat in the country. This place was actually prepared a decade ago to receive Asiatic lions from Gujarat, since Gir National Park is overpopulated with lions currently. That never happened because the Gujarat state government had refused to part with its lions, saying that it was the heritage of the state. So, now Kuno is being repurposed for cheetahs and at the same time, the government believes that this project can also help restore India's grassland ecosystem, which has been depleting at a rapid rate. But several veteran conservationists have warned that it's going to be an unsuccessful mission. And that's partly because they argue that Kuno is not the ideal habitat for these cheetahs, nor does it have the right kind of prey. Besides, there are finer details to be concerned with as well. Quoting geneticists, a report The Atlantic pointed out that there were significant divergences among different subspecies of cheetahs and substituting one subspecies for another would risk erasing valuable genetic adaptations. So we come back to some of the concerns that we began with. Is Project Cheetah going to succeed? Is it a vanity project instead of a careful scientific plan? And should we spend our limited resources on conserving our vulnerable indigenous species first? Back to Roshni here. One of the main arguments for getting the African cheetah to India is that it is a quote-unquote charismatic species that will give people an incentive or an impetus to preserve our grasslands. The grassland is a very fragile ecosystem 
unfortunately in india it is highly fragmented and degraded and but the thing is a lot of threatened vulnerable and even critically endangered animals live in our grasslands you have the indian wolf you have hyenas you have the great indian bustard and the karakal which are on the brink of extinction and you also have the lesser florican um however scientifically this this argument does not pass muster for two main reasons one is that indian grasslands are so fragmented they are not like african grasslands which are sprawling which which gives a cheetah ample room to run to hunt prey and the prey densities in africa are also much bigger in kuno the prey densities um as you will see in the cheetah action plan which is public is not great and there are scientific um you know opinions about this rightly so because a uh, small deer like the chawsinga for example it's it, it's unclear whether their sparse populations will support a growing population of cheetahs and then this also means that the cheetahs going to have to compete with the leopard which is bigger and more dominant in certain ways um it will compete with the jackal it will compete with the hyena it will compete with other smaller predators and it could it could face a threat in india which is why why there's so much opposition to this as well will the government be able to implement a broader vision for the survival of these cheetahs the signal daily is produced in association with ivm The episode was written and researched by Aritra Kundu and Shorbori, produced by Manaswini, edited by Venkatanan. Sound was edited and mixed by Prasenjit Das. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. 